Hello and welcome to the Seekers World, the place where the young people, pioneer, explorer, and scientist learn something new or explore the world. This is your host Shumakshi Sharma. Let's start our next chapter of the book, My Journey: Transforming Dreams into Actions, written by A. P. J. Abdul Kalam. Chapter Eleven: Life in Science. After India conducted the second nuclear test at Pokhran in 1998, in whose development I played a part, I was given various epithets. The one that has stayed with me even after so many years and beyond the years of my presidency is Missile Man. It amuses me vastly when I hear myself being called that, for it sounds more the name for a child's action figure than of a man of a science that I believe myself to be. Yet it also carries all the love and respect that has been showered on me by so many in the in this country. To me, it also symbolizes some sort of culmination of my journey into the realm of science, rocketry, and engineering. The beginning of this journey stretches a long way back into time, so long that when I think back, I wonder if it all happened to me. Or is it some story that I myself read in a book somewhere? But of course, all judgment into making me a person who chose the path of science really did happen. And remembering it now is like taking a journey up river from the jail top to the source. Further and further upstream, I drift till I reach the point when I was still a boy trying to find my path in life. In many ways, my real education began after I left Rameshwaram for high school at Ramanathpuram. As I have written earlier, it was the first time I stepped out of the protective embrace of Rameshwaram, my mother, and everything else that was familiar. I was very much a shy, small-town boy, afraid to speak out much. It was Schwartz High School that I had my first brush with the wonders of science, and had to explain to me in a manner that set my mind alight. At that school, there was a teacher called Reverend Ayadurai Solomon. He struck up a relationship of great openness and trust with me. In him, I found the guide that I needed to show me the path forward. I was fascinated by the flight of birds in the sky. I could watch them for hours, looking at their flight patterns and paths in the skies above me. The desire to fly and be one among them had grown within me from a young age. One day, while studying the physics of flight, Reverend Iyadurai Solomon took a bunch of us students to the seashore. There, he pointed out the birds and standing by the sea with the roar of the waves in our ears. the harsh cries of cranes and seagulls as they soared around us he opened up a new world of aerodynamics aeronautical design and jet streams and air flows to us i was one among a group of 15 years old and for me it was perhaps the most important lesson in science till then suddenly what for me till then had been a matter of fascination was now explained and made clear It wasn't though I had been looking out from behind a cloudy glass window. Now the window had been thrown up open and I was looking out into the world with wide open eyes. 
thrusting to no more as i made my way through school and then at college at st joseph's tiruchirappalli there were many more such moments lying in wait for me i had realized early on that i needed to keep my mind and ears open my brain sharpened and focused and there was nothing that i could not learn or absorb if it came my way at st joseph's when introduced to the concept of subatomic physics by professor chinadurai and professor krishnamurthy i started thinking for the first time about the hidden world of matter and decay that is present all around us i learned about half life periods and the radioactive decay of substances and suddenly the world seemed a lot different from the solid certainties that had formed it earlier i also got thinking about the so called dualities of science and spirituality were they really all that different from each other as they were made out to be if at a subatomic level particles can become unstable and disintegrate how far was it removed from the state of all human life science sought to provide answers to all natural phenomena and spirituality helped us to understand our place in the entire scheme of the universe while one looked as it through the solid certainties of mathematics and formula spirituality did so by opening up the mind and heart to experiences and go by going deeper within one's own self hasily it started getting apparent to me that the connection between what was becoming my world and the one my father inhabited were not that far removed from one another from tiruchirappalli i went to mit to study aeronautical engineering here the sight of two decommissioned aircraft reignited my desire to know everything about the fascinating world of human flight i was drawn towards them like a moth of a flame and realized that there was no career possible for me that did not take me into the realm of these man-made flying objects at mit three teachers shaped this desire and took it from a wish to the path of reality there were professors fondo an austrian who taught me technical aerodynamics professor k a v pandalai who taught aerostructure design and analysis and professor narsingha rao who taught us theoretical aerodynamics these three teachers showed me just how fascinating a subject aeronautics is what we perceive as movements and flow is broken down into component that explain how and why objects move in the air i lost myself in exploring the complex world of fluid dynamics modes of motion shock waves shock wave drag and more at the same time the structural features of aeroplanes became clearer to me and i studied with infinite gusto all about biplanes monoplanes tailless plane and many other such areas of study there were many moments that occupied while i was at mit when i found myself avidly exploring the world of science all this was happening at the period in the country's history when starting from the prime minister himself jawaharlal nehru great emphasis was being laid on the development of the scientific temperament all around me especially in an educational institution like ours i observed that we were being encouraged to leave behind traditional ways of thinking and embrace this new climate 
it was best if we used scientific methods in the pursuit of knowledge brought up as i was steeped in the religious climate of rameshwaram i found this very difficult to do instead i found myself giving shape to my earlier glimmerings of the essential oneness of science and spirituality i could not make myself acknowledge that sensory percep- perceptions was were the only source of knowledge and truth i had been brought up with the lesson the true reality lay beyond the material world in the spiritual realm and that true knowledge lay in exploring the inner self now i was becoming more and more a part of another world where proofs and experiments and formulas held sway actually i learned to work out my own stand on this thought it took many years to crystallize finally i emerged from the portal of mit a certified engineer yet i still had to learn a lot about the world of rockets and missiles that were going to be where my career lay in the future All I knew then was that a great big world lay open for me to explore and I was determined to do as much for of it from high up way up in the skies. After some years at the DTD and PAO when I was part of various teams that designed and built systems ranging from a vertical landing and takeoff pattern to what was termed a hot cockpit I found myself at the aeronautical development establishment in Bangalore it was here I realized now that I had my first big opportunity at innovation and learning to build something from scratch this was to become a recurring pattern in my career at ADE based on my preliminary studies on ground handling equipment it was decided that an ingenious hovercraft prototype should be designed and developed as a ground equipment machine jam the director of ADE dr madiracha put together a small team of four and told me to head it it was a massive challenge for us There was neither much literature on it nor a person who was experienced in this sort of technology whom we could turn to for advice. There were no pre-existing designs or standard components that we could use. In fact, there was nothing much the team had going for it other than knowing that we had to build a successful flying machine. It was an astounding challenge. I think now for a group of engineers who had not built a machine ever leave alone a flying one we were given 3 years to complete the project and we spent the first few months simply floundering trying to find our feet then at one point i decided that we just needed to go ahead with the available hardware and take things as they came Despite the huge challenge it was also a project right after my heart and fired my imagination too we moved from the design process into development after a few months by now i was a much more assertive and confident individual yet my small town middle class roots could never leave my soul pushed into a world where one needed to direct the work of others while facing the questions and doubts of senior colleagues It had the same same effect on me as an iron that has been forged in fire. People like me who are intrinsically shy, with the added quality of coming from the different background than my city-bred colleagues, tend to remain hidden in the shadows unless something or someone pushes a center stage. 
I understood that I had got that push and was determined to use all my knowledge and ingenuity to make the hovercraft project a success. There were many within the organization who questioned the relevance of the project, of the amount of time and money I it was using up. They questioned me role in it too, but my team and I just push up, put our heads down and continue to work. Slowly, stage by stage, the prototype started to take shape, as had once happened when Professor Srinivasan rejected my design work at MIT, and I redid my entire work in the span of two nights. I again found now that the mind is unbelievably elastic; it can expand as much as you let it, and once it opens up, there are no barriers. The belief in yourself that. comes as a result is something no one can take away from you the project was christened nandi and had the blessings of the then defense minister vk krishna manan he firmly believed that this was the beginning of the development of defense equipment in india he keenly followed our work and after one year when he inspected the progress we had made he told Dr. Madirata that Kalam and his team are sure to succeed. Indeed we did succeed. Before out 3 years were up, we produced a fully working prototype and were ready to show it to the minister. Krishna Menon flew in the Nandi and I piloted it. Though his security details would have wished otherwise and I realized for the first time the sheer joy and exhilaration of creating something based on our knowledge and teamwork that was a first for the country unfortunately the story of nandi does not have a happy ending once krishna manan was out of office his successor did not share his optimism about the use of the hovercraft it became a controversial subject and was finally shelved if anything could bring me down to earth and show me that sometimes the sky was not the limit it was this rude lesson that often there are powers greater than yours who dictate the consequences of your work My other lesson was that while there are areas that I cannot influence I can certainly do my work to the best and the most of my abilities as finally that it's all that remains in one's hand and who knows just where the consequences of our actions lie while I was still trying to recover from the disappointment of Nandi not being put to you to the use for which it was created A chain of events led Professor M J M G K Manan of T4 to come see it and question me about it. This finally ended with me going to the work for Incospar as a rocket engineer under the direction of Dr. Vikram Sarabhai. After I went to work at Incospar and then ISRO, I was interested with the development of various type of rockets and space vehicles. ranging from sounding rockets to rocket payloads to satellite launch vehicles it was dr sarabhai's vision to develop india's space program as one where various development work happened concurrently and i was fortunate to be a part of a number of such projects however the one that i regard as most complex challenge has to be the development of the slv I was leading a mammoth project of developing a launch vehicle that would put satellites into orbits. 
I had the potential to not only enhance our position as a technology-driven nation, it would also create revenues for us by providing launch facilities to other countries who wish to use the SLV to put their satellites into orbits. I have described in detail my journey in the building of SLV in my book, Wings of Fire. It was an extraordinarily difficult journey and account of many factors. There were the invariable complications that arises when a project of this size is developed. We were given a budget both in terms of time and resources, and it was my responsibility to see that we achieved the result within that budget. It was also a time of great personal stress for me. For within the space of three years, I lost three dear ones, Ahmad Jalaluddin, my father and my mother. It was only by drawing myself in my work and keeping my mind firmly focused on the end result that we needed to deliver that I was able to bring the project to fruition. If I am asked now as to what were the biggest lesson I learned in the development of the SLV, I will say there are three aspects. There, there was a first revelation to me about the role of science and technology, research and engineering in the development of the country. In the number of teams that were working the SLV, there were scientists, researchers and engineers who did what and where as a team leader. I was meant to draw lines and give direction. I learned that science is open-ended and exploratory, that it sets out to final answers like a traveler goes on a voyage. It is in fact a voyage into all that is possible and all that will one day be explained and made possible. Science is a joy and passion. Development on the other hand is a closed loop. It takes the work done by scientists and moves it a few steps further. It does not allow for mistakes and exploration. In fact, it uses mistakes for making modification and upgradation. So where the scientists showed us the way and opened up possibilities that enabled us to build an indignantly designed and developed launch vehicle, the engineers kept us on the path of results, given the and resources we had on hand. For a project of this nature to succeed, it needed all these parts of work in tandem and in sense like the pieces of an orchestra. The second lesson that came to me was about the nature of commitment. In those years, while I myself thought of little else other than the project, there were many others like me who put in tremendous amount of hard work and passion into it. Yet, more valuable work of wisdom on this were never said to me than those by Werner von Braun. A giant is in the field of rocketry. Von Braun had developed the V-2 missiles that destroyed London during World War II. Later, he was induct- inducted into NASA's rocketry program, where he created the Jupiter missile that was the first missile with a high range. He was a scientist, designer, engineer, administrator, and a technology manager. He was indeed the father of modern rocketry. I had the privilege of flying with him when he visited India when I received him at Chennai and escorted him to Thumba. His words to me about the whole nature of our work are still ingrained in my mind. You should always remember that we don't just build on successes, we also build on failures. 
On the inevitable hard work and dedication required by those in our profession, he said, "Hard work is not even enough in rocketry. It is not a sport where more hard work can fetch your own fetch you honors. Here, not only do you have to a goal, but you sh- also need strategies to achieve it as fast as possible. Total commitment is not just hard work; it is a total involvement." It is also about setting a goal. It is having a goal in front of you that makes a difference to the final outcome of your hard work. And these words that I believe I did follow. Do not make rocketry your profession, your livelihood. Make it your religion, your mission. At that time in life, I put everything other than the SLV project on hold. I also learned to manage stress. Is It is the way your mind handles the difficulties that are strewn in the path of your goal that determines the result. I truly believe we need these difficulties in order to enjoy the final success of any mission. And this leads on to my third lesson from the SLV project, the ability to deal with setbacks and learn from them. It is now well known that the first experimental flight trail of the SLV-3 ended in disaster. The vehicle plunged into the sea. Stage one performed perfectly. It was the at the second stage that things went out of control. The flight was terminated after three one seven seconds, and the vehicle's remains, including the fourth stage with the payload, splashed into the sea, five sixty kilometers off Sri Harikota. was not beyond belief at the turn of events yes i had experienced failure and setbacks earlier but this coming at the end of years of backing back breaking hard work was difficult to absorb i had no answers as the thought kept racing round and round in my head what went wrong i was at the end of my physical capabilities as i had been putting up the enormous stress and now when all of it had come to naught there was nothing i could say say to myself or to those around me that made any sense finally all i could think of was sleep i had to sleep i told myself before i could go any further on this path of analysis i remember i must have slept for many hours and was awoken gently by dr bhram prakash he was then my boss but at the time he came to me only as an elder with concern he woke me up and made me accompany him to the mess for a meal we ate together and all the time he gave me solace by not uttering a single word about the lunch about the launch the ana- analysis and the rebuilding of the mission would come later at that moment in time we were just human tired beyond belief yet knowing that we what we had created would not come to waste we knew we had more mountains to climb and higher peaks to conquer in the days to come but right then we took me under his wings and did what a parent would do to a child after he was lost that covered ways give him food and let him rest and let him think where the next step lies and that was perhaps the most important lesson i learned from slv3 that humanness generosity and understanding can never let you down 
एट द एंड ऑफ द डे वैन गोल्स हैव बीन सेट एंड मैप्ड वैन द पाथ हैज बीन ट्रावर्स्ड एंड ऑबस्टेकल्स मेट हैड ओन इट इज ओनली द वैल्यूज ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी डैट विल ब्रिंग ट्रू सक्सेस टू बी एबल टू बी जेंटल एंड फॉर गिविंग कंपैशनेट एंड काइंड आर फाइनली All we need to be in times to come, whether we develop missiles or teach in a school, whether we hold high offices or a parents bringing up children in this confusing world of ours. My journey into the world of science goes on much further from here. From ISRO, I moved to DRDO, where I was part of the teams that build India's. first indigenous missile system the prithvi trishul nag and agni how they were built and the paths they led us on i have chronicled earlier too while working on them not only did i understand and assimilate the knowledge about new areas of science and rocketry i also learned to innovate to lead more efficiently to communicate and to observe both setbacks and successes Why do I need to tell these stories? Perhaps because I feel that in the diverse range of subjects and people I have dealt with, I have encountered almost every aspects of life that can be bewildering. I worked my way through them and if in my recounting I can help others in similar situations and understand the vagaries of life. then i will believe that this journey of mine has been lead not just for me but the countless others too i am a will in this great land looking at its millions of boys and girls to draw for me the inexhaustible divinity and spread his grace everywhere as does the water drawn from a well